tonight about a simple subject, but it's something that I think we need to hear more about, and that's simply I want to talk to you about the blood of Jesus. I'm going to talk to you about the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If you would, I want you to open your Bibles to uh, two, two verses. I'm going to be reading out of Psalm chapter 139. It might seem like an odd passage of Scripture to use, these two verses, but hang with me and it'll make sense as we go along. Psalm chapter 139, verses 1 and then verse 23. And while you are turning there, I want to just obviously recognize this is an important day in our nation's history. September 11th, it's a day that we remember the attacks on the Twin Towers. It was an attack not just on the Twin Towers, but uh, the Pentagon. And of course, the jet that went down in Pennsylvania was really an attack on our way of life. That's what it was intended to be. And, and we reverence this day. We remember that. How many of you remember where you were the moment that you found out? Lily asked me, I think it was this morning, she asked me if I remembered where I was. And I remember exactly where I was when I found out. And it's, it's one of those things that we will live with. It's one of those things that we will remember. And it's a landmark moment in our nation's history. But I'm just believing that tonight can be a landmark moment in your life. And that God can do a great work in here tonight. How many of you believe that? This isn't just a normal Sunday night. God's in the house. And he's here to do something for you. Um, I want to read these two verses. Very short verses. And again, they'll make sense as we go along. Psalm chapter 139 verse 1. It says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. And then go over to verse 23, says something similar, but this is an invitation unto the Lord where it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus one more time. And Father, as we just turn our attention to your word, we pray tonight, God, that first off, that you would be glorified through it. But Lord, we know that there's people in the house that need to be touched. They need a touch of your presence. They need a touch of your spirit. And Lord, I believe that this word is going to be life-giving unto them, not because of anything that I am or who I am, but because of who you are. And Father, we're trusting in that. We're believing in that. And the church said amen. amen. Most of you know that if you are not of a Jewish lineage, if you're not of a Jewish heritage then that automatically puts you into the category of being a Gentile. Jesus is Jewish, and by virtue and fact of him being Jewish, when he came to the earth, his first priority was to minister to the Jews. They took the number one priority. The Bible says of Jesus that he went unto his own, and that his own received him not. But in spite of all that, his first priority was God's own chosen people, the Jewish people. In fact, when Jesus sent out the 70 disciples, when he sent, the, sent them out by two, he sent them out, he instructed them only to bless and only to pray for those that were of the house of Israel. Now today, 2,000 years later, separated from that time and separated from that place, we find that a little strange. We find that, that Jesus' instruction almost seems contradictory to the gospel because the gospel is for everyone. Somebody say amen. He told them to minister to anyone that was of the bloodline 
of Abraham. By virtue of the fact that Jesus was Jewish and that his first priority was those of the Jewish race, his instruction was for them to minister to the household of faith, those from the line of Abraham. And so when you read in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, when you see all of these passages that make statements such as so-and-so begat so-and-so, and most of the names we can't even pronounce. Come on, somebody. And you read through this and you're thinking to yourself, what is all of this about? Understand that in the Jewish race, especially of that day and time 2,000 years ago, it was important that they were able to connect their heritage. It was important that they could go back in their family lineage and have a direct correlation of being able to tie into Abraham so that they knew without a shadow of a doubt that the bloodline that had been established was pure and that the bloodline would establish them so that they could enjoy the blessing of the promises of the covenant that God had with Abraham. Am I making sense? So being able to trace that heritage and being able to trace that that bloodline was extremely important to them because the importance of the bloodline, there was power in the bloodline. There was a significance in that bloodline. Now, imagine for just a second the scene of when Jesus sent his 70 disciples out. Imagine the scene in the Gospels where a woman comes up to one of Jesus' disciples and she asks for healing for her, for her sick child. And the first question that came out of the disciple's mouth was, was basically, what is your father's name? Because Jesus had instructed them that when you go out, you only minister to those that are of the household of Abraham that were able to, to trace through the bloodline. Imagine that scene. In other words, what that disciple was asking was, is before I can do this miracle for you, before I can speak this life into you and this healing unto you, he had to establish, were you from the right bloodline? That was the question. So here she was, she was a Gentile, basically with the wrong name, with the wrong bloodline. And in essence, the, the, the story was, we're sorry, can't do that. Now, how many of you know that just doesn't rub well? Come on, it just don't sound right. It just don't sound like Jesus. I want you to know that there was a point to all of this, okay? So I know that sounds crazy today. Imagine if that scene happened today. Imagine that if we had disciples of Jesus today that were flowing in that gift and someone comes up and they say, hey, I I want you to heal my sick child. And then the question was basically, I'm sorry, you don't have the right last name. Can you imagine if the, if the media got a hold of that? Can you imagine the schism? Can you imagine the drama and all the stuff that would, the woke media would have a heyday with that? But we're talking about 2,000 years ago. Even Jesus in Mark 5 does something somewhat similar. There's a Gentile woman that comes up and she has a demonically possessed child. And she comes up to Jesus and she's looking for healing for her child. And and basically Jesus does something kind of strange, a little unique. Again, it kind of rubs us wrong. 2,000 years later, she wants healing. She wants deliverance for her child. And basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, Jesus just basically says, no, I'm sorry, you're not of the, the, the Jewish lineage. You know, you're a Gentile. Basically, you're a dog. Now, this is Jesus talking. 
And so then she has this expression. She makes this statement, but she says, yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus was blown away by her wit. He was blown away by her faith. And basically Jesus says, well, you know what? I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. This isn't actually supposed to happen until after Calvary. But I'm going to go ahead and work this one in since you're here. And we're going to go ahead and get this over with. You all see where I'm going with this tonight. And he does something powerful and he delivers this child. And Jesus, get this, he was amazed by her faith. Not even those that were of the household of faith, those that were from the bloodline of Abraham. Jesus was amazed by her faith. So hang with me, I'm building a case here. So to the Jew, bloodline is extremely important. It adds a level of credibility to your heritage. It traces back the blessings that they are to receive because of their connection with the covenant. And for them, it all goes back to Abraham. Abraham being the one that started the Jewish race. Now, for most of us today... 2,000 years later, after Jesus, to Gentiles, for most of us, bloodline does not matter. Most of us, if you look through your DNA, I did my, uh, what do you call it? Ancestry. I forgot for just a second. Ancestry.com thing uh, several years ago. And when you look through my, my lineage, I am a legitimate Heinz 57 if there ever was one. There is no pure bloodline out of any of this. I am from all over God's creation. And, and I, I'm fine with that. Somebody say amen. So here's the thing. I, I, people want to keep track of their lineage. But listen, for a lot of people, bloodline is an embarrassing thing. I don't want to be associated with that person. I don't want to be attached to that thing. I don't want to be attached to that, that lineage, that heritage. Even now, all these years later, after me doing that test, I'll get these little emails from Ancestry.com that'll say, you have a DNA um, connection that you need to explore. And I can go on there and I can look that stuff up and you've got a 17th cousin, a cousin that lives in you know, Zimbabwe somewhere and you should explore this. And, you know, I, okay, it's kind of cool and you build this family tree. But listen... You can trace your heritage back. You can trace your lineage back hundreds and even thousands of years because what you're trying to do is establish your bloodline. You're using that DNA. You're using that bloodline to see the stock that you come from. Now listen, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, there's a scripture that says, at that time... You were without the Messiah. This is Paul. He's talking to the Gentiles. You were excluded from the citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. In other words, what Paul was referencing, he is saying before the Messiah, you Gentiles, you did not have access to the promise of the Messiah. You were left out. Because th this is an important point. Because coming from the right heritage meant that you were the benefactor of the blessing of those that came before you. Does that make sense? We, we're, we're literally right now in the middle of a, a once-in-a-lifetime event where we had the passing uh, 
of Queen Elizabeth II in England. And you are literally seeing this type of thing in operation as we speak. Point in case, if you have the queen that has now passed away, in theory, all of her fortune... In theory, all of her titles and all of her power and all the symbolism that went with her position as the queen now got passed down to King Charles III. He assumes all of the power and the heritage and the lineage of all of the generations that went before him. And everything, there has been a monumental shift in England. Now those titles that he once held are now passed down in the benefits unto his children. Am I making sense in here? For listen, this is what Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Before Abraham and the Jewish race even existed on the scene, God chose you and he had you in mind and for his purposes before the foundations of the world were even formed. Somebody say amen. He chose to put you in the bloodline by faith in Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. He values you. He finds you worthy. He loves you and he chose I'm not of the right stock. But because of Jesus Christ and my faith in Jesus, God took me by the hand and interjected me into the bloodline by faith and says, now you have access that everything that Jesus died on the cross to give you. You see, you are chosen. You are favored because of the bloodline. You say, well, what do you mean? Let me give you an example. People that deal in um, purebred animals, thoroughbred horses, uh, purebred dogs and all this kind of stuff and cattle. What they're doing, people that deal in that stuff, what they are doing is they are looking at the bloodline for future potential. That's what they're trying to establish. Because you see, a pure bloodline gives a really strong indication of the offspring's characteristics and potential. You see, the bloodline matters. Someone that is buying an animal is not buying it based on that particular individual animal's achievements. They're buying it based on the predecessor's achievements. Am I making any sense in here? I want you to hang with me. So the value of that animal is solely based on the bloodline that it comes from and not anything that it has done in particular. It's not based on what it looks like at the moment of birth. If you've ever seen some of these purebred dogs, you ever seen some of these purebred animals, you look at them and they're small and they're weak and they're feeble and they have no power and in the moment they look like they have no potential. That does not matter. What matters is because the power lies in the bloodline that it comes from and what it will produce in the future. Somebody say amen. You see, in the moment, that animal might not look like a show animal. In the moment of its birth, that animal might not look like it's going to win any kind of race. 
It might not take first place in some kind of a competition. But you give it a little bit of time, you let that thing reach its full potential and development, and that's what people are hedging their bets on. You see, the blood will overcome any weaknesses that the animal appears to have. Somebody say amen in the house. And that's that's what the buyers know. That's what the buyers know. They're not buying it for what it offers in the moment. They can see the potential that is to come down the road. And so the the power of a thoroughbred, for example, stems from all of the achievements that have come before. So when all of these experts and all these people that study this stuff and know this stuff... And what they're trying to do is they're trying to pair up animal with animal that will produce the best offspring, that will give the best results because they know that there is power in its blood. They know that there is power in its past and in its achievements. Some people that study this stuff before they'll allow uh, thoroughbreds to breed or whatever, they will study for, for months and even years. Thousands and thousands of dollars will be spent on studying the blood and the DNA and they'll do the measurements and they'll, they'll try and trace the heritage back of this particular animal because they're looking for future potential. Now, you all remember the scripture I read at first, right? Remember our scripture tonight? Hang with me. That verse said, search me, O God, and know my heart. The Hebrew word there is chakar. It literally means to research. It means to research. You need to understand something tonight that God researched you before he ever even made you. God studied his blueprint and then he made you. He conceived you getting to know you, knowing what would happen in the future. Let me just stop and say, you're not an accident. There is nothing about you that is an accident. You were absolutely no surprise to God. You might have been a surprise to mom and dad. I was. But before you were ever made, God researched you. He came up with a blueprint. He formed you. He planned for you. In fact, verse 15 of that same chapter that we read earlier says this, that God states that he watched you being formed. He watched your development. Verse 16 goes on to say basically uh, all of your body parts, it's almost like God, I'm not trying to read too much into the scripture, but it's almost like God is saying, yeah, I made that body part and that body part and I'm piecing you together and you are one of a kind. All of your members were recorded before you were ever even put together. In other words, God had a blueprint by which he wanted to create you for your future potential. Pastor quoted it a while ago, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. He basically says, before I was in my mother's womb, you knew me. There is nothing about you that is an accident. I don't care if you were conceived in the back of a car. Come on, somebody. I don't care if you were in some kind of, uh, you know, some kind of a situation where people want to write you off like you were some kind of big oops in life. There is nothing about you that is an accident to God. God saw you being formed. He planned for you. He's got potential for you. There is nothing about you that is a waste in God's eyes. Somebody better say amen to that. 
So all of this was because of a plan. God has a purpose. He has a plan and a purpose for your children, just as he had a plan and a purpose for your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents. I was talking to Brother, is Brother Romine in the house tonight? Brother Romine, is he here? I was talking to him on Saturday, I think it was maybe Friday night. And, and he was talking, I said, Where, good to see you, Brother Romine. I said, where's June, where's your wife? He said, well, she's up in Indiana visiting our great-great-grandbaby. Great-great-grandbaby? I mean, that's a huge, long family line. And here he is, the great-great-grandmother and great-great-grandfather that are up there visiting and praying and, and pleading the blood over this child. Can I tell you, God's got a plan and a purpose. The bloodline has power. Psalm 139 verse 18 tells us that his thoughts about us total more than the grains of sand on the seashore. Think about that. Next time you're down in Florida walking on the beach and you're walking in the sand and you're kicking the sand, God's thoughts towards you total more than the grains of sand that are on the seashore. And not just thoughts, but they're good thoughts. They're good thoughts. They're planned. He's got a purpose. He wants to see something come to pass in your life. Because of all this, don't you see that God loves you and cares for you? Don't you see because God's got a plan and a purpose, you can't quit. You can't pitch in the towel. You can't give up. You can't say I'm done. You can't go out wasting your life on all kinds of junk. You are so valuable to God that he knew what you could be before you ever even got on the earth. How precious are your thoughts toward me, oh God, me. I'm a nobody. I'm from southeast Missouri. I don't have some long great heritage and lineage to pull from. I don't have a lot of great, powerful, wealthy people in my family that I can pull from and say, oh, look at me. I'm a nobody. But he's got thoughts toward me. And the scripture goes on to say not just that, but I am his friend. I am the very friend of God. He even holds me in the palm of his hand. That's what the scripture says. You are not an accident. You are not a waste of time. You are valuable and worthy in the sight of God. Now I want to do, I want to I bring this to a conclusion pretty quick tonight. I want to do a little illustration. And I need about, I need about 10 or 12, maybe, maybe four, if I can get 14. I know it's kind of a specific number, but hang with me. Can I get 14 people up here on the stage with me tonight? Not everybody all at once. Come on, 14 people, 14 people. Don't matter if you're, come on, and just line up, single file. Oh, this is great. I was hoping Brother Marvin and Sister Marvin would come up tonight. I really was. I'm going to have you, if we got more, that's fine. The more, the merrier. I'm going to, okay, jump in line. Yeah, wherever you want to go, okay. This is, this, you know, this is exactly the way I envision this right here. Brother Marvin on this end, he's going to understand why here in just a minute. <laughs> he says help. So I, I want you to hang with me. When you look in Scripture, the Bible points out that there are 42 generations from Abraham uh, down to Jesus. The Bible puts it this way, that from Abraham... I think it's from Abraham to David is 14 generations. Is that right, Pastor? Four, okay, 14 generations. 
And then from David to the Babylonian captivity, it's another 14 generations. And from the Babylonian captivity down to Jesus is 14 generations. It's 314, so a total of 42. Now, this is what I'm going I'm to point out to you tonight. I'm going to use this as kind of my closing here. The Bible points out that God established a covenant with Abraham. Have you ever been called Abraham before? You have tonight. The elder statesman of the group up here tonight. Okay? And so, and so here we have Sarah, part of that. Okay? So we're, we're just, I want you to use your imagination. How many we got up here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We got 15? That's plenty. That's fine. We got one more, but we're good. I want you to just imagine with me, just, just imagine with me a total of 42 generations up here, okay? 42 generations. Now, what I want you to do is I want you, everybody to face this way, and I want you to put your arms up here on your shoulder and just connect. Just put your hands on the shoulders of the person in front, okay? So, every great man and woman in Israel's history came from one seed. Everything stemmed from one seed. Right down here, Mr. Abraham. If you look along, you, you jump down and you've got Isaac. Jacob. David, the worshiper. Come on down the line. You see these different prophets that have fulfilled. And down here, oh, the perfect beard. <laughs> Jesus himself. <clears throat> Man, I'm t- it's just working out for me tonight. You know what I'm saying? I know this is a God thing because it's working out. So every, every generation from Abraham connected back to Abraham. There were blessing and there was honor and there was protection and there was all these things that stem from God's original covenant with Abraham. All of those blessings carried down from generation to generation to generation to generation. And everybody took special care to be able to trace their lineage all the way back up to Abraham because they wanted to be a recipient of those blessings. They wanted to be able to receive and connect with. But here's the problem. I'm a Gentile. I'm a Gentile. And I would say probably everyone in the house tonight in here is a Gentile. I can't get in. I'm not part of the bloodline. I have no access in to the blessing and the prosperity and all of the things that God established for them. I don't have a past heritage or lineage. I don't have a past success record that can link me into what God has done for them. I need help. I want God's blessing. How many of you want God's blessings? How many of you want God's protection? How many of you want God to bless you and touch you, but I can't get in and you can't get in either because we're locked out. We're not part of the bloodline. I was locked out of the bloodline and you were locked out of the bloodline until the 42nd generation. And it was at the moment of the 42nd generation where the bloodline had been locked in step where Jesus all of a sudden says, you know what? I'm going to do something different. And the hands come off the bloodline. And with the moment that his hands and his feet were pierced, the blood began to spill. 
And now because of his shed blood, I come under and get some of the blood on me and I can jump in line and all of the blessing and the prosperity and everything that God had for them now becomes part of me. Somebody say amen. Jesus is of the seed of Abraham. And where Satan screwed up is when he crucified him. Where he screwed up is when he shed the blood. Because then all of a sudden the blood got loose. The blood got loose and it became something for everybody. I don't care if you're red, yellow, black, or white. You're all precious in his sight. And if you just get under the blood of Jesus, automatically the bloodline and everything part of it now becomes part of yours. How do I know that? Because he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. And by his stripes, you can be healed. You, you Gentile. He loves you that much. And when the blood was shed and it got loose, it was a whosoever will moment. It's for that person that has messed up. Any of you ever messed up before? Yeah, it's for that woman that's messed up. It's for that man that's messed up. And I'm not talking about just messing up a little bit. Anybody here ever royally screwed up? We all have. And it's for those people too. And if I'll connect to his blood, his blood will cover me by faith. It's a by faith thing. I don't have to be from the natural line. God is so good. He just says, if you'll just confess me, if you'll just believe in me, I'll put some of that blood over on your account and you're in. It's that simple. Jesus' blood, it didn't just just overcome and give us all those blessings, but it overcame death, hell, and the grave. It overcame so many things. It overcame addictions. It overcame all kind of sinful bondages. It overcame so many different things and it sets us free. You are valuable to God because of the blood. When the Father looks down and sees you, He no longer sees your guilt. He no longer sees your sin. He no longer sees your shame. He just sees Jesus. He just sees the blood on your account. He just sees the blood. And the blood is what gives you your value. That's why you can't count yourself out. Listen, you say, well, Josh, I've got some some weaknesses. I got some strongholds in my life. I got some things I've been trying to get set free from. Let me tell you something. You remember what I said a while ago? God is not, hear me now, your potential is in the blood. His blood overcomes all of the weaknesses. His blood settled the issue. His blood covers the sin. And as you grow in the Lord, the blood begins to do its effect and it begins to work in your life. So that you become more like Jesus. The power in the blood covers you not because of what you've done. But because of who Jesus is. Because of his shed blood. And he went before you. And he passed it on to you. He passed it on to you by faith. Thank you all. You all can be seated tonight. Thank you so much. I want you to stand if you would. (laughs) 
Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29 says this. And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. That means I am part of the bloodline now. I get Abraham's faith. I get Samson's strength. I get David's worship. It's in my blood to overcome in the name of Jesus. My word for some people tonight is this. Don't you ever let the enemy tell you that your life is over. Don't you ever let the enemy tell you that it's never going to get better. That you don't matter. That you'll never have success. That you'll never be over. You'll never be an overcomer. Don't let the enemy ever tell you that it is as good as it's going to get. Because there is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. How do I know? Because Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11 says that they will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. That's where we become overcomers. Listen, God has searched you. In other words, He has researched you. He knows if you're part of the bloodline and if you are a part of the bloodline, then you are entitled to all those blessings for 42 generations. They're all yours. You're all in like a flint, as the saying goes. And if you're in here tonight, you're saying, Josh, I just don't know if I'll ever get victory over that. I just don't know if I'll ever be able to come. Some people might come in hanging your head low. Some of you have been dealing with problems and issues and struggles for a long time. You're ready to pitch in the towel. God says, don't do it. Don't ever give, you've got the bloodline that's going to help you overcome. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment tonight, if you're here and you say, Josh, okay, I'm in the bloodline. I get it. If you're in Jesus, you are in the bloodline. There is nothing that hell can do that can overcome you. Unless you come in agreement with it, don't come into agreement with hell. You come in agreement with the blessing of the bloodline. You come in agreement with the provision that God has given us through Jesus Christ. And if you're in here tonight, let me just first off say this. If you don't know Jesus, if you ain't saved by faith, you're not in the bloodline. And if you need Jesus tonight, that's for you. I want you to raise your hand quickly. You raise your hand if you need the Lord tonight. You say, Josh, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. Come on, I'm not going to hold long here. We're going to move on. This is your chance. Okay. Then listen, if you're in here tonight, I know we've got some overcomers in here, and I'm so thankful for that. But if you're saying, Josh, there's just some things, I just feel like pitching in the towel, there's just some things that I, I, I want to connect. I want to connect with that, that bloodline and those provisions and those promises. I'm, I'm missing out. I've been fooled. The enemy's got me fooled. The enemy... Listen, there's, I found out things about my heritage and my lineage. I found out things about my bloodline. Some things disappointed me. Some things impressed me. But here's the thing. When you're a part of the bloodline, all of the goodness of the Lord flows your way. All of the goodness of the Lord flows your way. And if you're in here tonight, you need some of that bloodline to kick into effect. I want you to raise your hand. Come on. You've got things. You've got issues. Raise them high. Come on. Hands are going up. Come on, raise them high. 
don't you come on up here to the front if you would. Come on, come on up here and just stand in the front. Come on. A lot of hands went up. <clears throat> come on up here and just stand. standing up here tonight here's the word of the Lord for you and it's this you focus on your weakness and God focuses on your potential you say Josh I look at myself and I don't see anything great I don't see an overcomer in me I don't see any kind of success that's okay the blood's got you covered the blood's got you covered amen and so when you begin to believe in that and when you begin to access that and you begin to proclaim it and understand just the blessing that God has sent your way, all of those things, they're going to work out. They're going to work out. God will help you work them out. Can I get some prayer warriors up here tonight? How many of you believe God can, God can move through the bloodline? Amen. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, what He did for you, and the word of your testimony. So tonight, you just start believing and proclaiming what God has done in your life by faith. Church, would you right now extend your hand out this way? Pick somebody up. Pick, just reach up and just find somebody. Lock eyes on them and begin to pray for them right now. Can you do that for us tonight for a few moments?
took my place, laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. And death has no sting, and life has no end. For I have been transformed by the blood of the
marvelous message tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Wonderful message of the Lord. I too have went and traced my ancestries. I got involved in that through a cousin who I tracked down. I was trying to find out on the Miller side. I couldn't find much on my mother's side. Still working on that. But on my father's side, we traced it all the way back in the early 1700s all the way down to Miller's Chapel where my great-great-great-grandpa was a preacher of the gospel named John Miller. And, uh, and then he, he had a legacy that just kept following preacher after preacher after preacher. There was Benjamin Miller, a preacher. <laughs> there was a David Miller, a preacher. And then another Benjamin came on the scene and just on and on and before long, I had all of my children named after my great-grandpas and didn't even know who they were. And it's amazing how that works. But I get to trace my lineage way, way back. It starts in the book of Ephesians when the Apostle Paul said, You 
who sometimes were afar off, you're made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. It starts over there in 1 Peter, where Peter says, hey, you're not redeemed by the corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without spot and blemish. It goes all the way back to 3 John where John says, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. It goes all the way to Hebrews. That is without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So I declare unto you, my lineage started at Calvary. I'm washed. I'm cleansed. I'm made whole by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, I think I'm going to preach that on Sunday morning because we got a big crowd and they wasn't here. They'll think I put that sermon together. Hallelujah. And that was marvelous. Give Josh another great big hand for his little study. Hallelujah. Remember, uh, coming up next Sunday night, is that next Sunday night? We have water baptism, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we want you to, if you need to be water baptized, we want you to be ready for water baptism. And uh, then on uh, the 24th, on a Saturday night, we're having a special service. Tell everybody about it in the church. It didn't make it on the uh, the uh, announcements. It'll be there next week. But on the 24th, we're having a special healing service Started called the Midnight Hour. Starts at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night. We're just going to have uh, Brother John and his praise team going to sing a couple of songs, lead us in worship. We're gonna, Randy West is going to be uh, exhorting and opening up with Scripture. And, uh, and then uh, we're going to have Brother Craig Reynolds is going to deliver a message that's burning on his heart. And we're going to have a good old-fashioned prayer line. And we're going to believe God for every need in this building, this body of Christ. Folks, that is uh, New Year's Eve for Israel. The next day is the New Year for Israel. And it's right there in the feast day. So we, I, 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 there is a symbolism there. And I just believe God's going to bless us. Can I have an amen? So we got some things coming up. And remember you women, the Girlfriends Connection, what a marvelous job that they've done putting together. And they got one of the most powerful speakers. As a matter of fact, I tried to get her to stay over, but she can't. She's going to be going to uh, her church. But she's a powerful, powerful, one of the most powerful speakers that you can hear, so you don't want to miss it. So those of you that's not signed up yet, make sure you sign up for Girlfriend Connection. God bless you. We love you. May the Lord prosper you and keep you. May you be healed in Jesus' name of all infirmity. Amen. God bless you.